Proverbs chapter 10, real quick. Let me wipe my glasses clean. Amen. I've been saying that the last few times that we're living in rough times, amen. And there's nothing sure anymore, amen. Men are getting more corrupt. They're getting more wicked. Seem you can't trust in no one no more, amen. We try to lean on the government. They don't know what they want to do. We try to lean on religion. It doesn't know what it wants to do. <laughs> Man, I never saw something so messed up in my life. <laughs> but you know, we still can, we, the word of God is still sure. I said that a while back. I've been saved 30 something years. I voted for somebody that long ago. His name is Jesus. I ain't never lost my vote yet. When I need it, it's there. The promises are sure. Politicians get up and they promise you all kind of lies. <laughs> they promise you everything and give you nothing. <laughs> they take, take, take. You know what's the matter with the world? They lost God. <laughs> you know what's the matter with the government? They lost, the, they lost the way, their way. You know what's the matter with churches and preachers right now? And religious, they lost God. They lost the way. Hallelujah. I thank God we still have a Bible. I thank God we can still preach out of his word. I thank God we can still look at his word and say, this is sure. This is not going to fail me. You know, and, and I, I get a lot of this, and I'm going to just share this with you. I, I, and I, I had somebody who was dear to me the other day tell me that uh, I don't have to go to church to be saved. Well, if you say, why don't you want to go to church? <laughs> Hear me tonight. <laughs> Seriously, if, if you're born again tonight, you're going to want to hear the Word of God. You're going to want to turn to the Word of God. You're going to want to go to church and hear something from God. You think you're going to hear it over the television? You think you're going to hear it over the, the TV set? You think you're going to hear it over, over, over the things that's going on today? No, it's not there. Somebody said something the other day, and I still believe that. And I'm, and I'm preaching to this church, okay, as, as a body. But when you look at the churches ahead, in general, the head is sick. Because now most preachers are preaching another Jesus. They're preaching another gospel. They're saying things that the Holy Spirit is not saying. You know, just because they talk in tongues, that don't make them a preacher, a Holy Ghost preacher. I, know, I believe in that. Like I said tonight, I am a tongue talker myself. But that don't make me saved. <laughs> it, don't, it don't make me anointed of God. It's where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. It's where God dwells. I can't depend on my own self to come up here tonight. Praise God. Listen to me. I asked the Lord this morning when I was praying. I said, Lord, anoint me. Use me. I want to preach the Word. And I ain't, I ain't discouraged because we ain't got a whole lot tonight. But you know what? I'm keeping on plowing. I, I, the Lord showed me that. You, and, and, and we got some good testimonies, me and my wife, uh, Last Sunday about somebody's come want to come back to church. God is dealing with. I left a long time ago, and they, they want to come back. God's moving. He, we might, we not, we might not see it, but I could tell you right now, I could feel it. And I have that promise that He's going to do it. I realize something. This is not my church. It's not yours. It's God's church. <laughs> 
And God, if we do what he says, he's, he's responsible to, do, to fill it up, to bring souls. We're just vessels that he uses, that he, that he uses in the ministry, but he don't need none of us. <laughs> he, don't need, he don't need none of us. God can do it alone if he wants. But he chooses to use us, amen? I'm going to go back in Proverbs chapter 10. I'm going to start there tonight, and I'm going to just go over uh, Proverbs, a word from Proverbs. I've run through Proverbs a couple of times, and, I, and I've, I've scratched out the verses that I thought, you know, ministered to me. And now I know I can use them for the work, work of the Lord. God has spoken to me, and I want to share with you some stuff, amen? Chapter 1, the, proverb, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son make it a glad father. But a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Now watch. the talk. <laughs> Listen. There are a lot of foolish sons out there. They bring shame to the parent and grief to the mother and sorrow to the father. But you know, God has called us to teach our children to follow him. To follow his ways. To stand in his precepts. And when you have a child that does that, I don't know. I got a couple of children right now. I'm proud of them. Praise God. I'm happy that they're serving the Lord. And they, make, they, put, they put a gladness because you see a lot of what me and my wife have sold, Sister Janice has sold in their life. We've seen the evidence of it. But I have some children that might be fighting God. That doesn't make me very happy. I'm pretty sorrowful. But I cry out to God for their souls. A wise son follows the Lord. A wise son or daughter obeys God. I'm preaching now. <laughs> they know the commandments of the Lord. They know the precepts of God. They're going to follow God. But it first starts with us. It starts with us, the fathers and the mothers that are teaching the child the ways of the Lord. I'm not going to tell you children are always going to, even though you have godly parents, because I know we got some in here, praise God. Their children are going astray. And you know what? God, they'll keep praying for them. Not that they weren't taught the word of God. Was it not that they weren't taught the precept of God? They got a little taste of the world, and, and they, they went crazy with it. They turned their back on God. But you know, they can't run forever. They, they're not going to run forever. My children are going to be saved. But Alan, you, your sons and your daughters, you look for them. They're going to be saved. They'll be sitting right there next to you. Those that have children in this, this church that, that, that are lost, God will save them. You know why? Because God's going to honor our faith. <laughs> I'm on somebody. Amen. Then I'm going to be a glad father. <laughs> and my wife ain't going to be a grieving mother. Because those children will serve God. Oh, amen. Y'all listen to me tonight, praise God. Because God has promised if we call upon the name of the Lord and we call for our, our, our children. And our, listen, we, ne we should never. That's what I'm talking about. We let so many times unbelief and doubt. They'll never get saved. God, they're running wild like the devil. Don't worry. God catch up with them. I've seen it happen. Huh, boy. <laughs> hey, Listen. There ain't no, nowhere God can't go. And there's no place God can't move. Yep. The Holy Spirit will get them. Right. The Holy Spirit will get them. The Holy Spirit will get them. 
Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So wise son, make it a glad father. But a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Listen, I, I watched the young, I'm going to go to the next verse, but I, I watched the young kids coming up. Listen, I wouldn't trust them to walk a dog across the street. So rebellious. So, so mean-spirited. So vindictive. I've heard the other day, they, they had one little boy, I think 12 years old, 10 or 12 years old, shot somebody. Come on, man, 12 years old? 12 years old? Because they're around ungodliness. They're around wickedness. They're around, they're around pride and selfishness. And it builds up in their heart. Let me tell you, that devil is crafty. Don't ever think he sleeps. Because if he can plant bitterness and evil in a child's heart, that child's going to end up dead if he doesn't turn to God. Because if there's nothing there to teach him, if we're not there to teach him, if we're not there to, to, to share the word with him, if we're not there to, to, to bring him to Christ, they're going to end up dead, Brother Allen. majority of them are going to end up dead. Listen, I was, I was working one day on my truck, and I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not joking. I never felt an evil presence in some children in all my life. And they're passing in front of my dump truck on a sidewalk. And I said, hello, fellas, how y'all doing? And they looked at me with the meanest. I mean, you could see, you could see they, they wanted to tear me up with their eyes. <coughs> Young boys, maybe 12, 14 years old. I said, man, no respect. Vindictive in their heart. Going to probably end up in jail before they're 18 years old. Maybe earlier. Put the television set on sometime and listen to the news. Younger, younger and younger, they're getting, they're arresting, killing people, murders, all kind of things going on. They, 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 it's happening over and over again. I said, I never saw so much young people commit so much crimes. You see, you'd be somebody older. Majority of it is young men. Young men murdering. And I said to myself, what's wrong with these people, man? There's no life in there. And God is not present. You hear what I'm saying? And that mother and that father that could have done something for them and let them do. And taught them that vengeance and, and, and revenge is the best way. is going to stand before God one day before it. I'm telling you right now. They're going to stand before. Somebody's going to answer for them, them young souls. Verse 3 says, The Lord will not allow the righteous to soul to vanish, famish, or, or, or fade away. See, you, you are special to the Lord. God will not allow you to vanish. God will not allow your, your life and your soul to diminish. Because you are his child. Listen to me tonight, praise God. You are, you are His chosen. You're important to Him. He loves you. So you as a righteous child of God are going to be taken care of by the Lord. He has His eyes upon you. Listen, we think God is up there and He's just waiting for us to mess up and hit us with a big stick. <laughs> we probably deserve it. <laughs> but that's not, that's not how God works. 
He chastens those whom he loves. If he corrects you, it's because he loves you. If he deals with you, it's because he loves you. He wants fellowship with you. He doesn't want you to go astray. He doesn't want you to follow the ways of this world. Come on, somebody. He'll strengthen the righteous soul. He'll encourage you. But what would happen to the wicked? The next line says, but he casted away the desires of the wicked. Casted away the desires of the wicked. He'll bless the righteous, but he'll cast the desires of the wicked away because the wicked don't want to serve God. The ungodly are not seeking him. Listen, <laughs> I'm worried about what I see as a Christian. You know, today with the, the environment that you see in America, I have no comfort in what I see. Whereas I can't put my, my comfort in a politician, I can't put my comfort in a preacher. It's just getting to the point where what's going to happen when there's no godly leadership? What's going to happen when the righteous are not going to be here anymore? Huh? What's going to happen when the light's going to be put out? It's already bad enough. The only thing that restrains Satan right now is the church. is you and you and you. The only thing that restrains darkness right now is the light. But just think, when there is no light. I said this, and I might have said it before. I said, what if President Trump would wake up tomorrow and all the Congress and all the senators would void every law? What if you would say, listen, you can kill who you want. You can rape who you want, rob banks, whatever, do whatever you want. No laws in America anymore. America won't last a day. Because there's no restraint on the wicked. When the wicked have their free will to do what they want, they destroy. Man, I, I hope you're listening. God is angry with the wicked every day. God is not pleased with what he sees. God is not pleased with that chaos and that, and that death and that, all that stuff you see today. Selfishness, pride, arrogance, thievery, bitterness, hate. I've never seen so much of that. Because the wicked are, are, got a free, a free ticket. Break the law. We ain't going to do you nothing. The cops won't pick you up. Burn a building. Steal a washing machine and TV from a, a, a store somewhere. Rob a bank. Don't worry about it. We'll just have to take the money. Burn it down. Nobody's going to tell you nothing. When policemen can't do their job, when men are overcoming the authorities in this land, wickedness is over, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. God will stop the desire of the wicked. Now, there's not one of them getting away with anything. The wicked will get their just day. I hope to God they repent. But they'll get their day. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covered the mouth of the wicked. <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
The mouth of the righteous are life. Today, as I stand here, I'm, I'm preaching life to you. There's a way you don't have to face the judgment of God. There's a way you don't have to face the, 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 the judgment and, the, and, 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 and God's wrath upon, upon this nation. God is not coming to judge the righteous, but he's coming to judge the wicked. And if the righteous casually be saved, just think with the ungodly and the sinner's going to appear. God is angry. We don't have... Listen, we're out of control as a nation. We're fixing to get a bunch of rebel... Uh, people right now are going to take office that all they do is hate God. They hate the right way. All they do is, is, is try to destroy the standard which God laid up in this country. They, don't, they hate God. They don't want correction. They want the freedom to do what they want without any, any consequence. But there's going to be a consequence. God is not sleeping. See, the tribulation, I think I thought some money that this week. You know what the tribulation is? The great tribulation? It's a way to let sin destroy itself. Because it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. There will be no standard. It's, it's do whatever you will. That's what, the, that's what the, uh, the satanic Bible says. Do what you want. Whatever's the desire of your heart, have pleasure in it. That's the way of the wicked today. There's nobody to stand up and stand up for the authorities in this land. One idiot said, we should defund the police department. And then when they went after her house, she was calling for the same police department she wanted them to defund. How stupid. You want to, you want to get, take, take them out of the way, but they, they come, you call in for them to come save your, your behind? Oh, it's different when it's shoes on another foot. One well, of politicians, I'm going to tell you what, those people, I don't want to get off it. <laughs> but God's going to judge the wicked. Verse 12 says, hatred stirred up strife, but love covered all sins. I like that. Hatred stirred up all strife. You know, when you find the church fighting more than they're fellowshipping, something's wrong. When Christians hate each other and fight each other and go at each other, cut, chew each other up, God is not pleased with that. Hatred stirred up strife. Listen, it's easy to divide friends. You know what I'm saying? Just put a little ear of gossip in one of them and you're going to see what's going to happen. Satan wants to divide the chiefest of friends. Church, Satan wants to divide a church. Satan wants to div divide, you know, anything that's right because he's out there. That's his job, Sister Arthur. He wants to tear people apart. His goal, see, most people are fighting and they don't even know why. They don't even know why they're burning buildings, so to speak, and why they're robbing stores and destroying property. <coughs> to them, they just think they're getting... What they deserve. I had one, somebody tell me that one time, you know, with the racism that's going on in America. I said, I, I never had a slave in my life. I, I despise slavery. Why should I have to pay for what my ancestors done? 
I didn't do it. You know, this constant wanting to regenerate or regurgitate <coughs> old, old hatred, old bitterness. There's, no, there's nobody right now, and I'm going to be honest with you, even with Donald Trump, I like Donald Trump, not trying to heal people. They bring up and regurgitate the same old sins of the past, and it continues bringing hate in, in the next generation. Hate, and because I because I was neglected, and my ancestors were slaves, and and somebody, you know, it's always hate, 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 hate. Nobody brings a, a message of healing. I never, I haven't heard it in a long time. Why can't we be all? Americans, why, got, why, why are we black Americans and white Americans and African Americans and, and, and uh, Native Americans? Why can't we just be Americans? Why, did, why the hell are we divided? Because we got a different color skin. That's stupid. You stop and think, that's what it's about? Because somebody's got a different color skin than me? <laughs> Listen, underneath it's the same blood, the same body, the same everything. Just because we just, we just painted a different color. How stupid. But that's what Satan does. He takes the stupidest things and, and destroys people with it. Hallelujah. Oh, man. This is a word from Proverbs. It's a lesson we can learn. Okay. Hate your start up strife, but love covers all sins. <laughs> Verse 17 says, he who keeps instructions is in the way of life. But he who refuses correction goes astray. <laughs> you know, it bothers me when I can see people, especially church people. And I've seen it a lot will not receive correction. You know, when I'm sitting with someone and I'm counseling somebody, and I go to him and say, Lloyd, and I'm saying Lloyd didn't. I'm using for example. That wasn't right, what you said about brother so-and-so. And Lloyd says, well, I ain't, he ain't no better than me. You saw what sister so-and-so was doing? Why well, you didn't talk to her? Or brother so-and-so? And, and you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not, it's, it's to fight off correction. I ain't talking to brother so-and-so. I'm talking to you. Well, I ain't, I ain't, he ain't better than me or she ain't better than me. Could it, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. It's not that pride, pride will not want to see, receive correction. If I got a problem, it ain't Bowen's problem or yours, Brother Allen. If, I, if I'm offending God, I got, I got to get right. And I need a preacher to tell me. I need somebody to tell me. Landon ain't right, it's sin. Arrogance and stubbornness and all of this pride is, is of the devil. Oh, y'all quiet. <laughs> Love is true. You know what I think we all need to do? We need to all start to say, God, examine me. See if there's any wickedness in my life. See if my heart is right. I don't want to, I don't want to fall, fall short of your glory, God. I don't want to, oh my. When we're going to stand before the Lord, it won't be me, that won't be me and you and God. It's going to be you and God or me and God. And what did you do with his son, Jesus? Hallelujah. Verse 19 says, in the multitudes of words, 
Sin is not lacking. <laughs> what does that mean? The more we run out of mouth, the more trouble we get in. <laughs> out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaking. The more we run out of mouth, the more trouble we're in. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the multitudes of words is sin, pride, bragging, self. Oh, man. I could make a list of how wonderful I am. How righteous I am. How holy I am. How smart I am. How good looking I am. I mean, how smart I am. <laughs> Somebody behind? <laughs> no. In a multitude of words, it's sin. We don't have to say a whole lot to be righteous. Huh? What does the next line say, Jen? Strange's lips is what? Is wise. <laughs> oh. Oh. We're in trouble now, boy. <laughs> Restrain our lips. <laughs> but a welded. <laughs> no. Restrain our lips. I have to say what's on my mind. <laughs> I got to say what's on I got to give I got much love, but I got to say it. There ain't much to give. <laughs> what? If we don't say it, we won't let them know what's. Yeah, we got to give out, give them all. Tell them. No, tell them. Tell them, uh, no, we better shut our lips. <laughs> it's true. And you know, little light, and when you put it at, when you put the title, a word from Proverbs, a wise son. Make, just put a wise son. A wise son. It's a couple of things we need to learn. How to use our mouth. How not to win to use our mouth. How to present ourselves in the prop, proper way as God would have us to present it. Listen, you ever go through Proverbs, take your little pencil, scratch it. There is so much instructions in this, in this book. It's unreal. There's a standard that God lays in his word. And if that standard is not followed, we go off in our own way. We don't do God's will. Hallelujah. Verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord make it a one rich. And he has no sorrow with it. And I like that, praise God. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich. And he has no sorrow with it. The riches of God, there is no sorrow. And I don't necessarily mean money. I am rich in, Lord, in, in the Lord. I am rich in the joy of the Lord. I'm rich with salvation. I'm rich. I said that many times before. And I said, you know what, there are, People that died filthy rich on this earth, in hell that they would give everything they got in a heartbeat to just sit one more time and listen to the gospel. Yes. Because I don't believe that's not one in hell that wouldn't repent. Because they're being judged for eternity, for the denial of the Lord. We say, well, I never, I never thought I was rich. <laughs> Riches don't always come in money. 
but in, in, in salvation and faith and the promises of God, oh my God, and the hope of the coming of our Lord and the hope that our souls will be saved and our bodies will be healed, the hope that we'll see many good days, praise God. The Bible says, him that obeyed the Lord has many years added to his life. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says this, as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eye. Now listen, <laughs> I can't stand my eyes burning, especially when smoke is in them. So and take, put vinegar in your, and, and put it in your teeth and see what it feels like. Come on, somebody. There's nothing pleasant with smoke in your eyes and vinegar in your teeth. And that's what it's like. So he's a lazy man to those who send him. <laughs> I can't stand to watch people that are paid good money to do nothing. Wasting their employees' money. Sitting there, wasting, stealing his money. It's like smoke in the eyes. Listen, if it be me, when I, when I have more employees, I'm going to tell you right now, you better work. That's just how I am. Uh, my, I'm like that with my own self. My wife will tell you, I got to do something. I'm working for it. I got to do it. Somebody's paying you. And you go around and lays off and abuse, you know, abuse your, your employees' money and, and, and don't want to work. You don't need a job. I see a lot of that today. Now, if they pay people to use their thumb, oh, you can hire a whole bunch of them. Cell phones, remote controls, television, whatever. They know how to do that. The lazy got the most muscular thumbs you ever saw because that's all they ever use. Come on, somebody. That's all they use. I'm going to read a couple of more and we're going to, going to close, okay? I hope this is showing you something tonight. I hope it's blessing you. Because it's not about, you know, in, in, in here, the Lord showed me a couple of things we need to do. Number one, preach the blood. Number two, uh, preach one way and tell the people to believe me. That's what he told me. Right. Those three things are most important. Of course, we got that all the Spirit leads you, fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's not, I'm talking about direction, all right? If you do those things, God will fill you with His Spirit. If you do those things, if you trust Him and believe Him, all things are possible to them that believe. If you apply the blood in your life, if you choose only one way, accept Him, fill with, fill, be filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, your life will be a good life. Amen. That's just the bottom line. I mean, there's no magic wand here that we can wave over and you get everything and just, uh, uh, listen, this, this ain't a magical religion where preachers think that they can blow on you and get something. No, it ain't about blowing on people. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe God can move and slay people. That's not what I'm talking about. People, people run after fads and chase fantasies. That's what they're, they're, they're chasing. And not going to these preachers and these, these, these meetings and they're waiting for somebody to slay them on the ground.
But they don't come up changed just that. They come up the same person. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Well, we need to just sit down and get to the nitty-gritty of this word and, and teach people how to live for God. You know what's the number one problem with people? Their heart. They don't mind religion. They don't mind good feelings. They don't mind, you know, those things. What they don't want is to live for God. They don't want to follow his correction. They don't want to follow his leadership. They don't want him correcting their lives. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. I've been in a little while, and I've seen some wingdingers. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Let me tell you. I've seen them come and go. Listen, sometimes it was, it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> They're chasing a feeling, y'all. They're not chasing God. They're not chasing the Holy Ghost. They're chasing, they think because they feel something, then God moved all over them. And believe me, I believe in all that. I'm right. I, I believe the movement of the Spirit. I believe you're going to feel something. But what about just straight learning the Word of God and say, thus said the Lord. What about that? I said it earlier a while back. I said, that's not ten opinions, boy. Those are ten commandments. That's not what God thinks you ought to do. You either do them or face judgment. That's how serious God's, and God's word is, his standard of living is righteous. The Ten Commandments are righteous. Even though they can't save you, you're going to do them when you're going to get saved. You're going to want to live for God. You want to obey God. A dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is worth. What does that mean? You know, if you, if, if you went back in the old days, they used the scale. They would measure gold or silver by the pound. They had like a weight on this side, and you see you had, I don't know, five pounds or three pounds, or, and it would weigh the gold. And when it would do this and level off, you knew you had the right amount. So they'd pay you by the pound or the ounce or whatever they would use. You know, if you tip the scale one way or the other, God, that was an abomination. You make the scale say something that it's not supposed to say, well, the Bible compares an a, 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 a unbalanced scale, and God calls it an abomination. So when we, when we fall in the gospel, you know, you preach love of God, love of God, love of God, love of God, and the scale does this. Yeah. Or you preach uh, God's judgment, God's judgment, God's judgment, judgment, that's all you preach, and it, it, the scale does this. But if you, if you balance it out, you can preach God's judgment, you can preach His love, you can preach His grace, and you can preach His forgiveness. You can preach the wrath of God, and you can preach the salvation of God. That's what I'm saying. If, if you're tipping the scale one way or the other, then it's an abomination to the Lord. That's why we've got to be very cautious when we stand behind this pulpit and we balance out this word. Because if it's not balanced, if it's always one way, one way, we're going to stand for God before it. We're going to stand before the Lord for it. Because this is a false balance. You can't tip the scale one way. Sure, you're going to be preaching the love of God, but you're going to have to preach the judgment of God. Sure, you're going to preach the peace of God, but you're going to have to preach the anger of God. You're going to have to balance this scale out. Because if you don't, then you're out of balance. You remember the other morning, I think when I said, your fate's like that. And I'm almost finished. It's like when you, when you have faith, you know what I'm saying? And... and, and your faith is out of balance. If, you, if, if your faith is not lined up with the word of God, 
It's like walking around with one, one leg broken and the other not. You got a whole body there, but it's all a balance. <laughs> See what I'm saying? You got, the, you, you got to have two good legs to stand off to be in balance. If you got one eye missing, your body is going to be out of balance. You got a hearing missing in one ear, your body, your body is going to be out of balance. If your faith is not, is not balanced, if, if, it's, if it's believing outside of God's will, then that, that body's out of balance. You'll never get anywhere with the Lord. I don't know about you, but my faith has been out of balance a lot in my life. God says to believe me. But do you believe me? Oh, hey, listen, we say, well, I believe you, God. I believe in you, God. No, do you believe me? See? So that scale is doing this. No, I believe you're real. I believe you, God. No, but do you believe what I said? Come on. <laughs> huh? That's true. Well, no, I, you know, we make excuses when, when, when we come to have to believe him. We just want to believe him enough to go to heaven, but we can't put everything in his hand, trust. Oh, we better. We better put it, we better balance out that word. Amen. One more, okay. Verse 13 says this. Verse, uh, chapter 11. Yeah, I, I didn't tell you. No. Oh, you're, sub- you're supposed to know all that stuff, real Bible scholars, man. Bible scholars, no. I was joking with Boone. I said, I want, I want to do my ask everybody to turn to Hezekiah 3 4. Y'all better not because it's not in the Bible. <laughs> I told Boone, I can see people going to, to the front of the Bible looking for Hezekiah. <laughs> I won't do that to you, I'll probably, I think. <laughs> All right. What I said? Yes, <laughs> you threw me off track. <laughs> 13. A tailbearer reveals secrets, but he who is faithful, a spirit, conceals the matter. Ha! We think we gotta we gotta be a prophet of God and tell everybody's sins to the world. <laughs> A talebearer reveals secrets, but a faithful man conceals them. Listen, just because somebody, listen, somebody was talking about Job one day, and his friends came to him. Remember Job? <laughs> three, them three faithful brothers he had? With them like I don't need no enemies, hallelujah. They, they said, Job, the reason why you're in sin because you, you suffering, God, you're in sin. That's what it is. You're sinning. He said, tell me what my sin is. Well, we just don't know yet, but you know, we know it's in sin. You're sinning. And you know what? They, 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 they wasn't helping Job. They, was, they, they, they were so-called correcting him, showing him his sin. They could never reveal it to him. Hallelujah. They, 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 were, they were so open with Job's sin, they, 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 they weren't worried about their own. <laughs> Come on. Bob. <laughs> hey, I'm not hitting you below the belt. I'm in myself. <laughs> I'm learning. 
So much in a hurry to say, oh, brother, so and so, man, he's, he's, he's running around with a woman. And then we look at uh, other women and other men and we lust after them and say, See, that's all right. The Bible says, if you look at a woman to lust after, you commit adultery of it in your heart. How are you going to judge brother so-and-so when you're committing the same sin? No, I'm not. I'm just using that as, as an illustration. But we're so quick to, to, to talk about everybody else's sin. Well, what about, we know that we're not, <laughs> what about our own? <laughs> He says, a faithful man conceals a matter. You know why? Because he wants, to, he wants God to deal with that person. Right. He'd rather conceal the matter and see with the Lord and pray for him. That's a faithful man. You know? God loves a broken and contrite spirit. We ought to be broken for those. God takes no pleasure in the loss that they're going to hell. He takes no, he takes no pleasure in those that are falling. Why should we? Anybody that feels that way does not have the spirit of the Lord. Do you know what these people are going to face? Eternity without God. No hope ever to see peace and relief of pain and suffering ever again. When they enter in that place, you ought to be praying day and night for them. I don't care what they've done to you. Hallelujah. My Lord. We ought to conceal matter. Now, I know there's times that things need to be brought out. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen, there's times when we're trying to reach somebody with concern. Somebody living in sin. Out of concern and reaching, maybe approaching the pastor, said, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. I'm not, I'm not, I just want to pray for them. Let's, they're going through this. But not just to hurt them more than they're already destroyed. They're already going without God. You, there's matters that need to be concealed. I'm talking about in the spirit. Things that are done and corrected right. But not just to get back at somebody. Not just trying to hurt someone. Sin is deadly. Sin is dark. And we ought to pray for everybody that we know that is involved with a life without God. Man, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's stand up. Praise God. I'm going to stop here. And I want to ask you a question tonight. We talked about a few things. But the one thing that I really want to center on, are you a wise son or a wise daughter? You know, can God correct you? Can God help you control that mouth? How wise, how wise are you tonight? I want to say something, and I want you to listen good. How many have been hurt already? And you know what? And I, I was guilty of it. How many wanted God to judge those that hurt you? And you know what? Because hurt does a lot of things. You know, wounds hurt. I mean, sometimes a scar is there from a wound. Sometimes, you know, you might go in your life and you, you, be, you were wounded and hurt and turn around. 
You say, well, I forgot about it. But every time you think about it, it angers you. It, 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 there's no peace about it. You just wish God would have done that person something or, or God would have took care of that situation. Jonah was the same way. Jo Jonah was angry. Jo jo Jonah, Jonah didn't want to go preach. Because you know why? The Ninevites were killing God's, the children of Israel. They were doing horrible things to the children of Israel. And Jonah didn't want God to forgive them. <laughs> and that's why he ran away. That's why he went in another direction when the whale swallowed him. Three days digested in them chemicals of that whale's belly. And finally he says, I'll go, God. I was, listen, he didn't want. He went? Yeah, he went. <laughs> he went and he preached to the Ninevites against his own will because he knows God was trying to get him and, and bring him to a place. It was as much as changing Jonah as as much was changing them. And after he finished preaching, the whole city got saved. The whole city got right. And he went on the top of a hill and he sat and he boudeed a little while. <laughs> a lot. And he's sitting, on, he's sitting on that hill. He said, oh, all right, God, fry them. <laughs> they ain't no good. They don't need to be, deserve your grace. They don't even deserve your mercy. Get rid of them. Wipe them out. And he sat down and he was sweating like the beans out. And, he, and God gave him a little bush, kind of, you know, appeased his little anger a little bit. And there comes a worm and ate it. And he gets more mad. More angry. Did I not tell you that we, if, if, if Jonah knew God was a God of grace and he knew if he'd go preach that these people would get right, so he didn't want that. You know what? I, I've gotten angry like that sometimes. And I'd say, God, they deserve your wrath. But God, I was wrong. <laughs> Listen to me. They deserve. God's forgiveness. No, they don't deserve it. And I don't deserve it either. But he gives it to us. Why? Listen, I was no better than the, I was lost like a goose, man. Destroying my wife's life and destroying my family's life. What the, what the, what do I think I got right to God's mercy and not somebody else? One more thing. There was a certain man in the Bible said to came to king, you know, the owed some money to that king. And in today's dollars, it would register as millions. And the king called him and called him to, 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 to give an account. He says, king, I have nothing to pay you with. I said, well, he said, king said, go sell his wife and his kids and sell everything he got and payment be made and throw him in prison. And he begged this king. He begged, go, please, give me a chance. I'll pay you back. And the king had compassion on him. The king forgave him all his debts. His death. <laughs> and he's free, brother. He's free of debt. He don't have to pay a nickel. And they go find somebody else. Maybe owed him $20. <laughs> Grabbed him by his neck. He said, you pay me. He said, man, I don't have that money. He said, uh, I'll pay you. Give me time. He said, no. He wouldn't forgive him. He just got forgiven a millions of dollars. He wouldn't forgive a man for twenty dollar debt. He, he owed him. Threw that man in prison for twenty dollars. And when the, one of the servants of the king heard about it, he called that man. 
And he called him back and said, did I forgive you that great debt? Why should you do it for somebody else? My Lord. And the, man, the king threw him in prison until he paid a debt. You know, stop and think about that. We want abundance of mercy, but we won't let somebody have it. Somebody, no, we won't, you know, we're going to give people a little trickle of mercy. And God will throw mercy all over us, and we, we just want a little bit for them. Listen, that's God's grace. Come on, somebody. We want God to give us abundant mercy, but we don't, we don't want some brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so to have it. Just throw it. We don't want to forgive him for the little lie they told against us. And yet, God has forgiven us of so much debt. God help us. Man, Lord, I pray tonight. God, I know this message. God is a message that, that, that we need to know. We struggle. I struggle, Lord God, with things in my life. I struggle with faith. I wrestle with God like Jacob, Lord. I want to be of a right spirit. Make us of a right spirit, God. Help us to, to, to apply mercy and grace where we've got mercy and grace. If we don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will you forgive us of our trespasses. God, our Lord Jesus, please be with us tonight. Cover us in your great mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.